Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show. Today, we're going to talk all things Women's Tennis Association. Really, just one tournament. We've got Adelaide coming up. Um, we've got some qualifying matches starting tonight or tomorrow. Well, maybe today. I don't really know what time it is in Australia. It's very confusing. But joining me on the other side of the country, not on the other side of the world, thank God. I do know what time it is there. Spread, how are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Um, what a fun Australian Open. And um, do you like to be called Alex or Noops? I don't care. Oh, you ruined my joke. Oh, well. Cool, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> good, I feel good then. You should have been prepared for that. No, it's uh, depending on what, when you know me in my life, I'm either Alex, Noops, or Spoon, but we'll All get right. to that some other day. Joining us, as always, from Canada, he's having some camera issues today, so we'll just have his wonderful voice. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, thanks. It was, uh, I mean, I am pumped up. This week spent uh, most of the week transitioning uh, the body clock to European uh, time zone, so been up early this week and ready to go to, for some uh, European tennis. And then, of course, Adelaide, as we're going to discuss. But the main part of the Aussie swing is over, so I think everyone in North America is kind of rejoicing. <laughs> Let's jump in. We've got a tournament, a little a smaller event here, especially with some buys, but a couple quality names. Ashley Barty leads up the first quarter here with Iga Schweintek there um, at the bottom. A couple qualifiers there in the middle with Danielle Collins. Um, spread we'll start with you this time how do you see this quarter who do you see winning it and uh, possibly any value here to be had value no but i think this is a fantastic quarter just from a fan's perspective uh the problem on the outright market is that you're just not getting enough and they're also in the toughest quarter and so what i'm looking here and i'm using the bovada outrights ash barty at plus 240 elise mm -hmm. at plus 415 and and ega at plus 550 those all seem too short um, for an outright when you consider what's going on. Now, Ash, I really think that, boy, she's got to be kicking herself um, for basically blowing the opportunity that she had um, to at least make the finals there. Um, you know, I I was actually really surprised that she wasn't able to come through. I don't know if it was lack of match play or just nerves. We know that she has had problems um, dealing with the home crowd. You know, for some people, it's an advantage. Not necessarily, for, not necessarily for her. So I do expect her to really um, be focused on this tournament. I don't think this is going to be a throwaway for her. So uh, she probably is the rightful favorite. But, boy, she's got a tough round. I mean, um, Zaze Zing might upset Danielle Collins. But if not, I mean, that's a really tough second round. And then it's most likely she's playing Iga. <laughs> and then most likely she's playing Elise. So um, this will be a great tournament for her to get her form, but I do not see any values. Of the other two that we mentioned, um, you know, Iga, we do like her, but we know that she is becoming a better hardcore player, so I definitely think she's got a shot here. Uh, but I think I'm going to wait for her to get back on clay before I back her. I hope that she's not too overvalued at, at that point. And then, of course, Daniel Collins, who played last week in the – the 250 that was going on and looked pretty good actually. So she's been playing a lot of tennis lately and, and we know she likes uh, the conditions here. So she definitely could upset Ash as well, which is why I'm not going to necessarily bet on any of these matches, but this quarter will probably be the one that I'm watching the most uh, as I'm having fun watching this tournament. Yeah, Barty, the tournament favorite here, uh, plus 240, right around two and a half to one. But really tough, again, given the Tritex in there, who is also five and a half to one. Collins even having to beat both of those women just to get out of the quarter is 20 yeah. to one. Um, what do you see here, John? Uh, I think um, one thing to mention, too, you guys were uh, referring in the prep, well, we were prepping that um, 
when we get to the first round match section, there aren't going to be a whole lot of matches to talk about because there's so many qualifying matches. Uh, There's six qualifiers and four buys in a 32 player field here in the first round. So that really does kind of, you have to account for that. I think there's an alt, an alternate that's going to have to play Ega. So, you know, there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty here, but um, in this quarter, I think it looks fairly straightforward and fairly chalky, to be honest. I think you've got um, Schwantek and, and Barty that are, that should really cruise out. Even Danielle Collins, I don't, I don't see giving Barty a, a whole lot of trouble because she she has struggled in the time in Australia that we we've seen so far. In the matches I've watched her, she's really struggled when people um, slice the ball, whether it's an attacking slice or a defensive slice, uh, and keep it relatively low. She's really struggled at kind of getting it back over the net, and she's netted a lot of those. And so that just seems like a nightmare matchup against Ash Barty, even on quick courts. Um, she'll have to serve almost lights out. So I think this it, this looks like a very chalky quarter. I mean, look at Iga's section. Qualifier, Stozer, and an alternate uh, to get through to the, the the quarterfinals. That just like that that might be the best path you'll see in a while. And I think um, we were talking about Bet365 only having, I think, second quarter outrights up for the to-win quarter market. And I think this is why. You've got so many uh, qualifiers, buys, and alternates in, in other quarters that it's just really hard to, for them to price it up. And I think that Iga is someone who um, who's going to benefit from this section, but I do think it's a chalky quarter on the whole. As you start to look at the qualifiers, um, looks like we'll again have six. Samson Nova should take care of Doy, I think. Um, you've got McNally Sanders there. McNally's a big favorite. So it looks like she'll probably advance maybe. Um, the winner of Goff, Yvonne, will take one of those spots. Um, Mikhail Inglis, the winner there. Um, Brengel's a big favorite. Or Perez, it looks like she'll take one of those spots. And then I think that's all of them. But, you know, a couple names in, in there that kind of stick out as, as possible you know, challenges in here. Coco Goff obviously would like these fast conditions. I mean, the winner of Goff Yuvon is, is going to be competitive no matter where they get put. So mm-hmm. curious to see all that, how all that shakes out there. So um, let's jump into the second quarter then. Um, Elise Mertens at the top, Wang Jiang down there at the bottom is your seeds. Uh, but John, you see a couple other names there kind of in the middle that you'd like from a value perspective. Uh, how are you seeing this quarter shake out? Yeah. Um, first shout out to the chat because this is, uh, this is, his scouting job, King Curios is in the chat. And it was honestly, I didn't, I'd never heard of Olivia Gadecki until um, the UTR series is being played. And he mentioned like, watch, watch her play. She's being completely undervalued. And man, her game is huge. She is one of my favorite backhands already on tour. Like when she flattens out her backhand, it is incredible. They're just laser beams. Um, And I I think at 15 or 14 to one, 15.00 on in decimal odds, that's an intriguing um, number to me, just because I want to focus on that bottom section of this quarter, the Teichman, Miladinovic, Kadecki, and, and um, Wong section, because I want to get away from Elise Mertens. And because Elise Mertens is so short in this market at Bet365, I think she's $1.83, which is minus 120 in American odds. Um, because she's so short here, I think that there's going to be some value in, in potentially trying to find the player that's going to go up against her in the quarters. And to me, that's going to be Gadecki or Teichman. I have them both winning their first round match. Um, I think there's a bit of value in Gadecki's number. My only issue is that's a really tough matchup stylistically second round. Um, Teichman being able to potentially run all those balls down and, and she is still fairly error prone. Like she, she does have to refine and kind of um, find a way to build up that consistency with her with her power game. So uh, I do think Teichman here presents some nice value, and I cannot believe that I, I think she's what third favorite in this um, in this quarter. Yeah, six and a half her. to yeah. one. That's a mistake to me. I, I don't think she should be behind um, Carolyn Garcia in this section one because I think 
she's got a better shot winning the quarter um, just on talent, start there. And then secondly, because Garcia would have to go through Merton's at an earlier stage. So to me, that's, that's a, or sorry, it's Kyung Wong that's in front of her, not Garcia, apologies. Uh, but even still, I, I think um, Teichman, the way that, the way that Wong's playing, um, I, I do believe Teichman should be the favorite in this section um, from this like four player uh, section of the, of the second quarter, simply because Wong is just not playing well. And that's again, another bad stylistic matchup for, uh, Keong, whoever comes out of that Gadecki Wong match is going to have a tough time if Teichman comes through to the second round. Uh, and she's very error prone. She should have beat uh, Irina Begu the other week, could not save a break point to save her life. And her errors were not, you know, slight misses because she hasn't played in a while and she's, you know, shaking off rust. They were they were a foot and a half wide or a foot and a half long. She's just really spraying balls. And if, if you're going to play Jill Teichman and make a ton of unforced errors, commit a ton of errors, um, you're going to pay for it. And I think that uh, Teichman here presents value six after one. So I'm going to go a half unit on Jill Teichman in, uh, to win the second quarter. I like Teichman there. I, th I think that that's a really nice price. Um, I understand kind of all your arguments there for some of the value on Gadecki. I like her quarter price much better than her outright price. To win the tournament, she's like 125 to one. Um, you know, and as we learned as with having some of those nice Brady tickets last week in the Australian Open, it's yeah. hard to close some of those if, if you don't have someone that's going to be close in the final, which she will not. Um, I like that at Teichman, though. I think six and a half to one is value there. I still oddly think there's some value here in Mertens simply because she has the buy and she only has to win two matches to win this quarter. Um, I think with that price at minus 120, she'll be a pretty big favorite, I think, over Garcia or Sebastova, whoever wins that first round match. I think it'll be Garcia, of course. Um, she's going to be a heavy favorite there. And then at minus 120, you know, whoever's there, whether it be Wang Jiang, whether it be Gadecki, Teichman, um, you'll have a chance to buy out if you're not feeling good at that point. So I might actually play both for a little bit. Again, if I get a chance to bet the quarter markets. Anything to add for you here, Spread, on the second? No, I think you guys hit it. And we'll go. We'll, anything I have to add, we'll hit during the first round matches. Yeah, cool. King Kyrgios here before we move on. Sorry, makes a good point. Like the rollover again, probably a better, uh, a better look for um, Gadecki when she's going to be such an underdog. I can't believe she's still such an underdog, despite the fact that she has like, but she's 4.00 in the first round. Um, she would be at least probably six or seven against Mertens. And you multiply those two together, forget the second round match. Uh, you're already well, well over um, 15 or 14 to one. I think you're up to like 24 to one already. So um, yeah, the rollover spot here, if you like Kadeki is probably the better move. Um, I'm going to take the outright on Titan because I don't think, again, it's, the other way around, I think she's a favorite in the first in her first round match, and then she's if Gadecki does get through as I anticipate, um, that kind of kills rollover value. So I think Teichman uh, half unit at plus six fifty is the way to go, and then if you like Gadecki, the rollover probably is the right move. Yeah, you're going to find that a lot in some of these outright markets, and essentially what you're buying is the value if somebody like Merton somehow gets knocked out, you know, your rollover kind of would maybe lose to the quarter in that situation. But even then, um, you know, again, you have the freedom to kind of stop whenever you want. Yeah. The third quarter, Marditch at the top, Kanta RC down there at the bottom, three qualifiers in the middle. So a chance at some of those um, names of, you know, 50% chance, basically some of those names end up here. Um, as I start to look at this quarter, I think it sets up really nicely for the winner of Shelby Rogers, Veronica Kudermatova. Um, I bet on Kudermatova in that match, and we'll talk about it in the first round there. But since I like Kudermatova there, you know, I get a chance to get some value here because we've got Kanta here. We've got Martich here. Martich who's been playing poorly. Kanta, who almost never plays well down in Australia. Um, so I was looking at a possible 
Kudamatova out right here. I'm seeing 14 to one. I was hoping for a little better number than that. I'm going to wait and see um, if futures open at some more books. Hopefully, get something I think like in a 16 to 18 range would be really, really nice here. But like this spot for Veronica Kudamatova, I can see her winning this quarter. Um, and as we'll get to in a second, you know, that next quarter there, the fourth doesn't scare me too much at all. Um, what do you guys think? Anything to add on this third quarter? So I was telling Jorge before we started, the, the drawback of the Grand Slams is there's so much going on that you miss certain players. So I didn't see Martich or Conte at all. Um, did you guys watch their matches and, and have any takeaways? Because we won't be discussing them in the first round area. I watched Martich at the Phillip Island Trophy. She played last week, I believe, okay. in the in the um, kind of you got knocked out of the Aussie Open. Here's a consolation tournament. Yeah. Um, and she looked really good against Rebecca Marino, although she needed three sets um, to get that done. I, I think she looks all right. I don't think she's she's out of form or she's out of out of sorts at all. So I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't kind of downgrade Mardich by any means if that's the concern. Okay. Yeah, Kanta. You know, last time we saw her was was playing okay. I mean, she was up a set, I think okay. down a break, but ended up retiring with um, an injury. I forget exactly what she got hurt, but I remember. Um, it was being pretty rough, so I'm curious to see if she actually is playing here and it is back 100%. I don't know, John, if you remember what she hurt, but um, with, was out of the match almost immediately after getting injured. Yeah, Joe to me is just a fade, uh, a fader pass kind of player. Um, if you want to, like, even in the outright market, you can't really fade someone, I guess. You can target their quarter, I suppose, um, and that's what I would do with, with Joe Conte. I just... She's just not there. Um, that loss to Begu a couple weeks ago in the lead-up to the Aussie was really bad. She was dominating yeah. um, on serve, just, and then lost it. Lost it. She just lost the plot, as the British uh, would say, and it, <laughs> or she, you know, went off the boiler, or one of those expressions. And they were, it was pretty accurate. Like she, I could not believe that, like a, a switch flipped, and she was just gone. And she does that far too much. So I think if you're going to do that, um, you're going to sorry, if you're going to take an outright here, I think um, as Noop said, the winner of Rogers Kudermitova, you'll probably get some some half decent odds in that second round matchup in individual markets as well. Um, against content. I think the winner of that match does beat Joe. Yeah, like you said, John, you can't really fade someone from an outright perspective. For starters, it's almost impossible to find yes, no markets on this stuff. And even if you do, they compound the juice of the outright markets by adding juice and the yes, no. So you just end up having to take some outrageous prices. But what you can do is, you know, I normally will go through and cross names off, but sometimes I'll cross names off and almost and highlight them because I know that they're kind of sitting at the top of the market. You know, Conte here, she's not amongst the favorites, but she's in kind of that second, a third tier, second, third tier, if you will, 12 to 1. Um, I think that's a very silly price. So, you know, I always try to kind of highlight them, even though I cross them off, because like you said, you kind of find value around them, um, because that's kind of where the market beats up other players. Yeah. Fourth quarter, Putin save at the top, Benchich at the bottom, um, a couple qualifiers there and some other names in the middle. Um, I'll let you take it away this time, John. How do you see the fourth quarter shaking out and any value from your perspective? This is a really intriguing one. Of course, you've got one of my favorites in Yulia Putinseva. Um, my only issue with Yulia is that's a tough first-round match. She's playing another grinder, um, someone who's added you know quite a bit of um, aggression to their game in Laura, Laura Siegmund. Um, you know, spread mentioned in prep, like Tomjanovic and Benchich. How do you assess their games? Benchich has the bye. I almost wonder if she'd want the extra match at this point, to be honest. Uh, not exactly in form, still shaking out some rust. How do you evaluate her? Uh, Anna Blinkova is such a kind of enigmatic player. Uh, very, very talented, but also just not a lot of point construction, not a lot of thought 
Um, you can tell she's just not someone who's who's thinking through points on court. So, you know, in, in all of her matches, it's going to be very hit or miss with her. So this is a very interesting quarter from that perspective. And I think um, the winner of the Putin save a Sigma match could have a really good, should have a really good shot here, I should say, because, you know, if Tomjanovic does get through her qualifier, again, this is one where you've got a buy and two qualifiers in this little quarter. So it's, it kind of, that, that, that could throw a wrench into the plans as well. What if Goff or Yuvon ends up in one of those qualifier spots? Um, I think, you know, if they land in the blink of a quarter qualifier spot, someone like that could go all the way to the quarterfinal. They could beat blink of a, and they'd have a shot against a not up, um, you know, not 100% yet uh, Benchich as well. So um, if Putin save were to go up against a Tomjanovic, her style to, to kind of, grind it out and wait for errors could work, but you know, will Tomjanovic even make it there? A lot of questions in this fourth quarter. And I think, you know, again, that's why we're not seeing markets yet uh, for the, the, to win the quarter price on bet three, six, five. And I, and I think it's, it's probably one where, where you wait and see and try to evaluate individual matches. Yeah. This is a quarter where if Benchich finds any form, I think she has a chance to kind of run through some of these matches and be an interesting competitor for the title. Yeah. But at 11 to 1, I don't know if I'm going to really wager any money on that. Um, I think you'll get a chance to watch a couple of her matches, maybe take a live outright if you want or start to jump on some money line stuff. Um, what do you see her spread? Anything to add in this quarter for you? Yeah, Belinda's a player that I'm definitely rooting for, but I'm not going to put any money on her. I'd like her to do well. I'd like her to get back to the form. And, and, you know, we also mentioned when we were prepping, this is kind of where she was coming um, in her own and really looking her best last year, heading over um, to the Middle East for that little uh, dual tournament they got there. You know, she was able to win one of those, and that's what really upped her prices uh, moving over to the short American swing that we have here in March, which will only be one tournament this year. But um, you know, really what got us excited and seemed to be playing her best tennis at this time last year. Uh, what a difference a year makes because I was not impressed with her uh, in the Australian. She's she's there, but she's not um, not where she was. Uh, Putin Seva, I think, is playing really well. So uh, for my little bracket, I put Putin Seva here. But if uh, Benchitz or Tomlanovic was able to raise their level and upset her, I would not be surprised. This is definitely a watch and wait for me and then maybe try and jump in in the second or third round. Let's evaluate how some of these players look in the first round, and I think we might be able to find some value just betting the individual match. All right, guys, any other thoughts in the outright markets uh, before we move on? To recap a little, I think I'm going to jump on Kudamatova outright at some point, hoping for a little okay. better number against something in the 16 to 18 range would be really awesome. Um, if other books open that up, um, John gave out Teichman to win her quarter for half a unit at six and a half to one. If that's something you can find. And uh, we like Hideki if you just kind of want to roll over her money lines. But I think we'll talk about her more when we get to those matches. Um, like I said, anything else, guys, here before we jump into the first round matches and even some of these qualifiers? Yeah, I think just this, it's a tough outright market because the three players we want are priced. If not appropriately, I don't think they're even giving you enough value, right? Like, Ash Barty's got a great chance, but plus 240 to win a whole tournament? I mean, come on. Uh, Elise plus 450 is nice, but I, I don't know if I would trust her against uh, Ego or Ash at that price. And then Ega's plus 550. Not sure if I want to back her on hards at such a short price. So I think they did a good job of taking away liability here in this outright market because I don't see any huge mistakes that's made. All right, gentlemen, let's jump into some matches. Um, we'll try to start with the qualifier matches, but they're not labeled perfectly. So apologies, folks, if I mess this up just a little bit. Uh, Samsonova minus 175 over Doi. I was thinking there might be a little bit of value in Samson Nova here, but I'm not quite sure how to attack this match. You know, John, I know you like Ludmilla quite a bit. What do you think here? Yeah, I, I kind of thought the same thing. Uh, you know, your initial thought there, I kind of <laughs> kind of agree with it. I think that... Um, 
I thought I saw some value there, but the, the problem is, you know, when I start to factor in the stylistic play of Misaki Doi and the consistency and frankly, her ability to not be um, hit off the court by, by these kind of uh, more, more powerful players. I just don't see it. I think there are better spots to attack. So I've actually passed here. I think that this is, this is one where I think people will, will might make the mistake of um, kind of selling off some game, you know, laying the games here. And I, I'm not sure it's the wise move. And that said, I, I don't think I see in the average price at, at odds portal, you know, under um, $2.40. I'm, I'm not sure there's enough value there to, to, to play the dog either. So this is, this is a firm pass. If I was going to do anything, maybe use um, Samsonova as a money line parlay piece. I, I see a little bit of value on the money line, you know, minus 170, which I think is in the like one six ish kind of range. Um, something around there, but I, I, like you said, I wouldn't be laying games here. And, and you know, Doi could definitely make this difficult. Anything to add, spread? No, I've underestimated Doi too many times in the past. I'm not going to get trapped here, so I'll stay away from this match. It makes sense. It's one point five seven. Sorry, not one sixes. That was a little too high there, but it may be just a touch of value there on her. Um, let's keep going. The next match again, and this is a qualifier. Uh, Katie McNally minus four hundred against Storm Sanders. You know, Sa- Sanders. Uh, plus 277 or 3.7. Again, McNally m- minus 400 or 1.25. Um, so a lot of support there for the American. Um, do either of you have an opinion on this match? Well, Jorge was loving Storm Sanders yesterday. Hey, 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 Break hey, it down, hey, Jorge. What do you think? Hey. Wow. Yeah, last night was a fun night. Um, man, when she won the first set 6-2, I was really happy because I thought I had, I had two and a half units on on Storm in, in different capacities. I had plus one and a half sets. I did the underdog stack, if you will. Uh, plus five and a half games, plus one and a half sets, and the money line, all of them were plus money. They gave plus 170 or plus 169 to win a set against Bernarda Pera, who can double fault her way to giving away sets. <laughs> I mean, that was beautiful. Um, I'm actually mad I didn't go larger. I think the numbers probably called for three to three and a half units, but either way, uh, love Storm Sanders, loved that matchup. This one, um, I mean, the market's kind of adjusted really quickly. She sh- she should have been the price against McNally, what she was against Para. When you take two dollars, almost two dollars off her money line price, and she's playing for me anyway, a better player than Bernardo Para. I like Katie McNally. I think she's struggled a lot the last uh, few months, but I do think the potential is there, and her game is really big. Um, so I, I I can't back Storm again in this spot. The the value is just there was infinitely more value last night than there than there is in this one. But uh, I do love Storm Sanders. Um, you know, Bernardo Para ran right into a storm last night. We'll say we can say that. Don't forget, King Curios. That's her, that's Hurricane Tiga Black. <laughs> yeah, got to get the whole name in there. Um, I agree. It's McNally's good. This is a, one of those matches where the money line makes sense to me, but the spread doesn't. I think McNally, you know, around one point two five makes sense, but the spread of five games seems almost a little too big to me. I know that a lot of times the spread is tied to the money line based on what the books hang. Um, yeah. You know, John, I know that you look a lot of those differences maybe a little more closely. What do you, what do you think of that statement? I mean, would, would you maybe agree with the money line, but also say there might be a little bit of value on Sanders plus five? Yeah, you know what? I think when you frame it like that, I, I would agree with you there too because, as I said, the money line – um, kind of that value after she beat Para. I think the books woke up and realized. Like, if you look at to start with, look at Storm Sanders last year in outdoor hard courts, or even at the Aussie taking Kaya Yuvon to a, a tiebreak before kind of running out of gas and getting killed second set. I think that like she's very undervalued player on on outdoor hard. She's played some very good competition, and, and, and frankly, she's pushed a lot of people. 
So, um, you know, they finally have adjusted to it after she beat Para as a huge dog. So, yeah, I think the money line value is probably gone. But five games is a lot. And I, I might actually look at plus one and a half sets. I usually say if plus one and a half sets and if plus games uh, has value, the money line almost always does because of that correlation you mentioned. But in this spot, I would agree with you. I think that correlation is a little bit off. I think $3.75 range is probably about right. But five is a lot of games. And I think she very well could uh, come close or take a set. Um, but two out of three against McNally. I do like McNally's game too much to think anything. I would need over $4 to back the money line here. Yeah, I'm actually looking back at her hard court run last year. And like you said, you know, beat some nice players and just ran into somebody, you know, really tough Brisbane qualifying the last round. She ran into Jennifer Brady, um, second round of Australian open qualifying. She ran into Kaha Uvan, who she took a set off of, um, you know, and even in that match against Brady, they went to a tiebreaker in the first. Um, while win, she qualifies and hits Fidelina there um, in the second round. So, you know, it's doing a nice job there last last year. So I, I think you kind of um, highlighted some nice things there, John. And I, I, I like what you said. I might look at the plus five. Um, I don't know what the plus one and a half Seth price is. I don't have one in front of me right now. But I think I like the plus five a little bit better. I mean, McNally's tough, and I could see her winning this 2-0. Okay, so the set spread's right around like point one maybe 2.15 if you hunt around a little bit yeah okay i see i mean i think pinnacle will oh no pinnacle might not they didn't have the qualifier uh plus set spreads i'm gonna go to bookmaker they they're the ones that hung the plus 170 last night and that was a big mistake to say the least and i think um if they're i would i probably want 225 to be honest uh two dollars 25 on that so i think the 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 plus five is probably the only spot we're really seeing any value um i think the the set spread is is probably you know, I said we we need another 25, 30 cents for the the money line. We probably need another 10 to 15 on that as well. So those cor- that correlation there probably makes a little more sense than the uh, than the game spread. You can get plus five at plus money, by the way, if um, for all of yeah, Americans. I was going to say it's cheap too. I bookmaker plus 103, like plus money there is 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 a really intriguing spot. Um, and it, like Storm isn't someone that's going to give up on sets either, and that's what I really like when when you're taking underdog money uh, uh sorry game spreads as i've said in the past i don't do it unless it's at least four and a half games otherwise i, I always find more value on the money line uh, but in this spot when you take those plus five or plus six ga- uh, game spreads you want to make sure you don't you have a player who doesn't say okay i'm down four one i'm going to pack it in and and try and uh focus on the next set right you want someone who's going to try and get one of those breaks back because they are crucial when you are talking about plus five games and storm is that type of player so I think that's very important as well is, is you do have that nice uh, nice ability to, you know, have someone who's always going to fight and never give up on a set. Next qualifier match, we have Coco Golf minus 210. We're um, right around 1.49 against Kaa Hooven, who's plus 158 or 2.58. Spread, what do you see here? I mean, this is a nice, these are nice conditions for, for Coco Golf, but is there a little value on Yuvon here? Yeah, there might be. You know, I enjoyed Yuvon's match uh, against Sharif. That was a lot of fun tennis. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely had all eyes on that match. And, you know, Sharif impressed me as well. Uh, I do like Yuvon here. Um, Obviously, you know, we we know about Goff and we talk about her a lot. So, I don't know. I I do like it, but not enough to necessarily pull the trigger. I would like a little more. I'm seeing plus 165 on Bookmaker. If if it was plus 200 or more, I'd probably jump in on Yuvon. But at this price, I'm going to stay away. Yeah, I've got an over here. I grabbed over 20 and a half um, games. was looking at maybe an over three sets. I'm seeing right around plus 155 or so. Um, what do you like here, John? I actually like those looks. I, I think this one does go um, – I think this one does go long. Uh, this is going to be close for me. 
I, I again, I, I think spreads right. I look at the um, average price at Odds Portal across the eleven books um, that that they include in my kind of you know. There's there's a hundred books they have on there, but you got to be logged in, and a lot of them are local um, European books. But the the two dollars fifty six seems a little low. If I can get two dollars seventy five. I think my benchmark might be a little lower than spreads, but I'd agree that I, I do need a little bit more there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm still, it's it's on the threshold of being a half unit play right now as it is. I think if it gets to two dollars seventy five, two dollars eighty, um, I think you can you can justify a, a full unit play there. Look, it, I'm in full I'm in full fade uh, cocoa mode. Um, as I've said many times on on a few different podcasts, I think that you know she's Robin Montgomery's best friend. Um, she is kind of the next big thing and, and she's taking all the pressure and spotlight and just, frankly you know her her ground strokes or at least her forehand and her, her second serve and her service game they're just not good enough yet and I think the pressure is just a little too much and um the hype and the and the overvaluations here need to be opposed so um if you can when, when you find decent prices you just go gung-ho and continue to fade her I faded her last night to no avail I had the plus games there um, and it didn't work out because of that first set, but you know, the six, four second set was kind of what I was hoping for in both. Um, but yeah, I do think fading golf here is probably the only angle to take. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you'll get the price you're looking for there. Looking at pinnacle. She peaked at pinnacle right around 2.69 or plus 169. and seems to be settling right around plus 160 or 2.6. So, um, definitely some value there if you see a rogue number like that, but, um, it looks like we'll be passing on the money line there. Mikhail Inglis, the next qualifier. Mikhail minus 200. Inglis, the Australian, right around plus 150 or 2.5. Anything from either of you guys on this one? I mean, again, this is one where I would love to play the dog here. I, I Again, this is another player I like opposing, Christina Mikhail. Very kind of solid game, but just not a whole lot to to really put people away or nothing to really set her apart from, from a lot of other players. Um I almost went plus five and a half with Popovich as well as Storm Sanders last night. And I ended up passing. I had three. I liked all the the, the dogs with the huge spreads. I had um, Francesca Jones against Coco and I wanted Popovich and I didn't pull the trigger just because uh, I, I thought Ivana might have trouble getting enough games against someone so consistent, but uh, she ended up covering. So it kind of speaks to the fact that Mikhail is opposable. I just don't know if something under, you know, plus 150 really, really is enough value to, to do it in this spot. Yeah. Anything to add there, Spread? No, I'm I'm not I haven't watched English enough to really handicap this match properly. Brangle Perez, uh Brangle minus three fifty-seven. Um Perez plus two fifty-nine. So right around three point five so three point five nine there for Perez. Um the Brangle decimal odds are probably like one point two nine or something in that range. Um, you know, again, Brangle a big favorite here. Kind of makes sense to me. To, uh, you guys have an opinion on this match? No, this is I mean, this is what I don't want to bet. I don't want to watch. I want nothing to do with. It. <laughs> so we'll jump forward to uh, two women that I usually like to bet on, but they're playing yeah, each other. Jasmine Paolini um, is plus one twelve against Astra Sharma minus one forty five, and Sharma's taking some money. I think this opened pretty close to a pick'em, um, and Sharma again now out to one forty five. Um, again, kind of in the high one sixes there. Um, a decimal guy but yeah okay so looking at pinnacle here sharma open minus 118 um you know right around i think 1.84 maybe 1.83 and is down like i said to 1.6 i think eight or so at this point um uh, maybe 1.69 but um what do you guys think here i mean is that price look to you does the move make sense to you i'll start with you john what are you seeing here 
Uh, count me in for Jasmine Paolini here. I love her I love style. Her. I love her attitude on court. Um, I love the the matchup here for her. She's going to get a lot of uh, – Astra Sharma is going to have the first serve, and that's it. I mean, she doesn't for, – for me, with someone that's as tall as she is and that, that has that first serve, her ground strokes are really unimposing. If Paolini can get serves back or if Sharma's not hitting it at a high percentage on her first serves, I mean, Jasmine's going to be able to extend points rather easily. And in those spots, she's going to be the favorite in uh, every point. She's not going to win every point, clearly, obviously. Um, but when she extends the rally, she is going to have a big advantage. She should be the favorite here. Um, I completely disagree with the market movement. I think it should go the should have gone the total opposite way. I would have thought that uh, Paolini would have moved down from you know almost borderline pick them down to the the dollar seventy or minus one forty range. Um, this is a mistake by the market. Um, you know, as we've said before, not only in this beautiful sport of ours, it's eleven months a year, every day, and not only do bookies make mistakes, but the market makes mistakes. Uh, it's an inefficient market, and this is a spot where I think we can exploit that. Yeah, I was uh, gonna grab pet Jasmine this morning. Went to check, and this is why you check the, the line movement, folks. I mean, a spread loves to talk about it. You get some patient line value from time to time. So I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna take Jasmine probably later this afternoon. I'll, you know, I'll try to get it in an hour or so before the match starts. But if it just keeps moving, I'm just gonna keep waiting. What do you think, spread? Yeah, I'd probably be one of the ones that would be guilty of moving the line in your guys' favor here. Um, if I hadn't have slept through it, I probably would have jumped on Sharma at that earlier number. I feel that. Um, you know, Jorge brings up some great points about her, you know, maybe having the disadvantage, you know, in the extended rallies. Uh, but I think that her ability to hold serve here is going to be so much easier. And that if she's able to get a couple breaks, she can put a lot of scoreboard pressure on Paolini. And of course, we love Paolini. You know, she's a fighter. She's fun to watch. And if I don't have money on it, you know, probably be rooting for her just because she's so much fun. But I really think that she, even though, right, if she doesn't get in those extended rallies, especially on Sharma service games, She's able to hold. I kind of understand why the market does this. I think that Sharma can kind of uh, put scoreboard pressure on her, hold serve, and, and do these things. So I'm not betting, but I'm kind of opposite here on your guys' take. So I'll be interested to see how this match turns out. If if um, your book has odds for break, total breaks in the match, this might be one to look at. Uh, I, mm. I do think we could see um, a, a, quite a few breaks here. I don't think we're going to get Noops's coveted 12-break set. <laughs> but I think we could very well see plenty of breaks, especially if Sharma's first serve percentage isn't there. Um, Paulini is also someone who who knows, like, you know, I, she's not the tallest. She doesn't have the biggest games. So when you get second serves, she does tend to get uh, quite aggressive on them because she knows that if I can get a, a second serve and put it away and get a, you know, lock up a point without having to, you know, kind of hammer balls or, or have the big game, that's, that's what you kind of have to do. So I think that this is one where um, breaks could, could certainly be um, in, in abundance here. Yeah, this, this could be a really fun match to live bet. So if you miss out on Paolini pre-match or we don't get a, you know the number that you absolutely love, you'll get a chance live, I think. Yeah, good That point. wraps up the qualifiers. Um, let's jump into the first-round matches now. Uh, Caroline Garcia playing Anastasia Savastova. Garcia minus 156, um, right around 1.65. And Savastova plus 125 or 2.25. I took Garcia earlier this morning in a little better number. Um, surprised this isn't closer to... You know, minus 180, probably. I don't know if I'd have this all the way out to minus 200 or 1.5, but I think closer to minus 180 is, is right around what I had it when I was starting to look at these lines. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I mean, it's a battle of who's falling off farther. Um, mm -hmm. Both these players, you know, were fantastic. You know, Garcia's more 2017, Sebastian more 2018, but 
we have not come close to seeing either of these names, uh, almost like Jorge had mentioned with some matches earlier. Both these players are on my fade list, but they're fading. They're playing each other. So, <laughs> you know, it's tough to choose the fade. I mean, I guess What's if a I boy to do? involved, I would grab... I would grab the plus money, but I have no problem with your play here, and this is a match that I'm not going to get involved with. I mean, Sevastova's really only won one match since the U.S. Open, and it was against uh, our favorite Madison Bringle, so definitely not impressive. <laughs> um, give Garcia credit for her win over Hercog, although I saw a bit of that, and Hercog wasn't playing well at all, mm -hmm. so I don't know how much I rate that. I think this is a really tough match to handicap, and I... Um, I applaud you for having the stones to get involved. Yeah, I, well, I would, I would say the that, chat thinks that's a bad idea. What do you think, John? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I agree with um, Noops here. I'd actually go farther. I'd say I, on talent alone, I would have her around the minus two hundred mark. But mm -hmm. we all know Carol's mentality and her uh, ability to be very error prone at times. So I'd, I'd agree with Noops that I would have her a lot lower than she is. My only issue is the style here. Um, I'm I'm on the I'm on the fence about passing or playing Caro. I, I agree that if you're going to play this, the right side is Caro. So I'm 100% agreeing with Noops on that front. The only thing holding me back is the way she makes errors going up against someone like uh, Savasova and and that style. Like this is the ultimate kind of style that will draw those errors out. And she's she gets impatient sometimes and tries to kill too many balls, and that is a nightmare against someone like Anastasia. Uh, so I, I, I'm leaning towards playing Garcia. I'm just not all the way there yet. Next up, uh, Olivia Gadecki against Wang Jiang, the Australian we love so much. Um, she's plus 300 or four or uh, four if you're looking at decimal odds. Uh, Wang Jiang minus 400 or 1.25. Um, how much are we going to bet on the Australian, John? Oh, I mean, I think first of all, overs could be a fun look here. Um, I do think that this is going to be a nice match. Like there's, there, there's the potential for some great ball striking uh, and quality on that front. And I think people should really uh, kind of tune in. I know it's not on WT TV because I think it's, is it a qual? No, it's, she's a wild card, right? This is yeah, amazing. This is yeah, first, this is it will be on there. Yeah, sorry. It, should, it should be on there. Yeah. Apologies. It will definitely be on then. This is one to tune in for. Uh, one, because there's still clearly in the market, there are not enough people who have done the, who, have done tape study on Olivia Gadecki. So you've got a chance here. Don't miss it. Do your tape study. Tune in. Uh, do your scouting. Or don't and, and let us continue to, to profit because no one knows who she is. I'm fine with that as well. Um, but I think you could see some great ball striking here. I think this has the potential for some great quality. And, yeah, I, I'd have a Gadecki closer to 2.75. Um, over $4, this has to be a bet. Again, like, especially, like, even if Wong was playing well and she had her kind of well-balanced game going i think gadecki should be around three dollars three dollars 25 with her form right now and the way she's missing and missing badly on so many balls uh and, and losing so many big points i definitely think gadecki should be even lower than that maybe another 40 or like i said 40 or 50 cents off that 325 down to two dollars 75 um considering all the circumstances and that four dollars that's a play it has to be you mentioned overs. I would go over two and a half sets here. I would not touch a total game over here. Um, Wang Jiang, when she loses or wins, can sometimes yeah. play just unbelievably quick sets. I like a decky here. And what I was thinking was the money line and plus one and a half sets. Um, I, I'm seeing plus one and a half sets at 2.15, but that's at a book that sucks. So it's probably 2.25 somewhere else. Um, what do you I'll think of that, John? You know, playing the plus one and a half sets at that number versus it looks like plus five games is right around standard juice. Yeah, I love I love the stack, um, stacking underdogs. 
um, with with the plus one and a half sets. If I can get plus money on plus one and a half sets, like I've still got plenty of value here. It's two dollars thirty one plus one thirty one at bookmaker. Um, that is a very nice number. I like. You know, I, there's no need. You do want to exploit the value where you can, um, and the money line has a ton of value, so you want to exploit it. But I, I do think I I think a lot of people are more kind of want to want to reduce the liability. And if you can get plus 131 and you can you can take it there and then have have a stake on the money line as well, but you don't necessarily need to max the money line. I think that's the best way to go about it. And definitely will be on plus one and a half sets in the money line here. Yeah, I'm going to avoid the plus five games. Like I said, Wong might just win a set, kind of get out of hand here. I think there's a chance you could definitely lose that in two sets. Anything uh, to add here, Spread? I mean, you guys know that I'm more careful than you on these first round matches, but this is the exact recipe that I'm looking for in a first-round match. A younger player with not a good name that's in great form going against a player with a big name that we all know that's had, you know, success on a big stage that's in terrible form. I mean, this to me, I mean, it might lose, right? But this was the easiest bet that I played so far for this first round. I love it. It just seems to be the exact recipe of everything that we're looking for. So I'm with you guys on Gadecki. I'm not even doing anything else but the money line, and I hope she wins, and that would be a nice score to start the week. Arguably the best first-round matchup, Shelby Rogers against Veronica Kudermatova. Shelby Rogers minus 123, um, you know, just above 1.8, I think 1.82. Veronica Kudermatova now minus 101 or 1.99. I grabbed Kudermatova earlier this morning at 2.06. You know, if you can find plus something, I still think there's some value on her at this number. Um, What do you guys see here? I'll start with you, Spread. Yeah, so I like Shelby in this match. Um, she's been quite impressive. And, you know, we talked to Muggs about her in the chat. He's big on Shelby as well. I don't know about this match in particular, but just overall her outlook for the year. And I have to agree with them. Um, she's been doing so many more things well. And I think the main thing that we're getting is this is the first time that we've really seen her fit and at professional athlete level shape since she's come back from the injury. Um, she looks a lot quicker out there on the court. She's never going to be the quickest player. I always think that that's going to hinder her when she's going up, you know, try and be like a top 20 player. I don't think she has the natural athleticism to be quick, but she's quicker than she's been in the last couple years. Uh, Her ground strokes are just on fire right now. Um, She can hit the the heck out of the ball. And and I like Rodgers here. Now, we know Kudermatova. We love Kudermatova, and she can obviously win. Probably has a little bit of an advantage on a serve, although I'd say it's pretty close. Um, But I like Rodgers, and I like the form that I've seen, and I went ahead, and I'm going against you here. I took Shelby Rodgers. I think there's – a little bit of overvaluation on Rogers, given her results. You know, she obviously played Ashley Barty twice and lost there. But yeah. if you start to go look at some of her wins, Farrow on not her favorite surface, Peterson kind of in her second or third match at that point in her comeback, Martich, who's been very disappointing, Francesca Jones, who's outmatched, Danilovich, who should be outmatched, and Contivate that I don't believe is sort of complete of a player as Kudermatova is. And right. I think this is just a nice chance to grab uh, some value here on Kudermatova, who I would have, you know, kind of as a small favorite. I basically have these lines flip-flopped. Um, the only think, thing I'd John? say about about what you said there is I think Contavite is a uh, has more tools than than Kudermatova. She's just so inconsistent that seeing a win against Contavite on paper isn't always um, super impressive because you don't know what kind of form you got that day. But I think at her best, Contavite can is better than Kudermatova, but that's arguable, of course. Uh, I, I I would say that I think that I'm really surprised that the set overs are priced the way they are. I think nine and a half games at even money or depending on your book, I've got another book that has it plus 110. 
I think that is really intriguing to me. Um, you know, I might might look to to play uh, the first set overs and then get involved live with second set overs as well. Or if you have a book like Bet Hard uh, for those in Nordic countries in Canada, um, I think they spread set overs for the first and second set pre match. So I, I might I might just look to straight up bet all the set overs I can for both sets. I think this is could be really close. I think this is nice serve a, a nice serve oriented match. And I think if um, they both have the ability to uh, break once in a set in case they do get down a break. You could see um, the potential. They're both adequate enough on return that they can um, that they can get it back. So definitely think this is a nice uh, set over spot for me. I, I was hoping for something in the 187 range. That's minus 115 um, for the over 9.5. I think that was probably going to be a play. And then when I when I open it up here and I see it at two dollars or two dollars ten, I think it's it's most certainly going to be a play um, for just nine and a half, not even the ten and a half. I don't even need the twelve or thirteen games. I think uh, a six four set getting me a, a plus money cash is is certainly something to look at here. That is pretty intriguing. Danielle Collins minus two eighty six. Um, I believe that's one point three five against Sai Sai Zhang plus two twenty five or three point two five. Um, Collins playing some nice tennis, but kind of running into a better player kind of at every tournament at some point. Um, this line kind of makes sense to me, but I wonder if this is a match where Collins maybe comes in, um, gets that first round money, and, and gets out of Australia. This this is kind of one of those spots where we've seen Zhang be um, competitive and successful, I think, in the past. You know, spread kind of what you were describing a little bit about looking for in some of these first round underdogs. What do you think here? Uh, it, the only thing that doesn't fit is is the form from Zhang, right? I mean, we just talked about Francesca Jones and how that's not a good victory, um, but Zhang lost to her. Um, recently, uh, the loss to Krejcikova, I mean, I guess that's all right, but I just haven't seen a lot from Zhang lately. I think this is priced appropriately. I mean, I guess if you really wanted to get involved, I might money line parlay Collins here, but, um, no, I, I don't like Zhang here. I think Collins continues to roll and I don't think that she's going to try and get out of Australia. I think you'll get a hundred percent effort from her. So I wouldn't be as worried about backing her. Um, that being said, Favorite money line parlays is not the way to attack tennis, so I'll stay away from it. But I was just saying, if you, if you, for whatever reason, really want action on this match, that's how I'd go ahead and attack it. What do you see here, John? Yeah, I I like Danielle Collins here. I think Zeng would really need kind of someone that has more of a power game that she can in uh, um, coax errors out of, and. I, I like Danielle in in Australia just hasn't shown that she's she's shown the ability to hit hard in elongated rallies. She did it against Dasha Kasatina last week. The one thing to look at here is potential injury. She didn't just get hurt against Kasatina. Um, when she did get back on court, she did not look very good. I, I don't know if she won another game after her MTO. She might have won one game after her MTO mm-hmm. in that third set. So if you if you want to take that angle, take Doy at or sorry. Um, Take Zhang at a um, retirement book that pays after a set. I think that might be a look. I certainly am not going to be back in Collins with that question mark um, kind of up in the air. And she's a little short for my liking. But I don't think this is a matchup where where Zhang can just rely on kind of um, waiting for errors to come. Because Danielle Collins has shown the ability to get out there. Uh, and and play eight, nine, ten ball rallies and still be able to crush the ball throughout and not commit an error. So I think this is probably priced about right. Uh, but if you do like Sai Sai, I would I would definitely suggest using a one set book because you could find an easier cash than you anticipate if Danielle's not 100 percent Putin save a minus 208 against Laura Siegman plus 167, you know, 1.48 and 2.67 respectively there. 
looks like a solid line to me. What do you think here, John? Uh, it's I, I, I hate saying this, but I think there's some value on Sigmund. <laughs> I, I adore Yulia. She is what, like probably my favorite player now. Like I just love watching her play. She she wants the crowd to hate her, and I empathize with that. Like I'm someone who always <laughs> thrives on confrontation and hate. You know, call you know, say what you will, chirp before it doesn't matter. I do. I love it, and that's who she is. And I think like her like the problem is here. She's just not playing someone she can her style matches up well with. I think Siegmund probably has a little bit more aggression in her, and I think she's just as consistent. And I would have this a lot closer to, um, I guess I would have Siegmund closer to plus 135, plus 140. So when you get over plus 160, or you get, you know, you're starting to drift out there closer to plus 200, um, then I, I think, you know, plus 181 at Pinnacle. That, to me, is is a play. I, I think it has to be, as much as I love Yulia. And I, I would I could still you know, bet it small and still be okay with, with losing it and Yulia winning. But I think if you're playing the numbers, you're taking emotion out of it, you're playing kind of a rational game here like we do, um, and you're looking at investing and long-term success, this this is something that fits that mold. Yeah, I wonder if we're getting some value on Siegmund after everybody watched her get smoked by Halep and then Williams there back-to-back. But um, this is a much different opponent. I think you're right, John, if it does creep out to that 2.8 number, which it looks like we're getting close. Um, we might actually get a chance to do that. I think a play on Siegmund makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, before um, we move on, I think, you know, depending on your book, shop around. This is another instance, like when we can point it out, I love to point it out because Bet365 is $2.50. Pinnacle's $2.81. That's a thir- 31 cents on the dollar is a significant difference, right? So make sure you're like, you're, you're looking at numbers at different books. Bet hard, $2.85. I mean, we're talking about, discrepancies of, of up to 35 cents here. Um, and, and I think that that is the difference. I think I would pass on $2.50 if I have her price $2.40. I don't know if there's enough value there in, in, in the percentages, but at $2.81, there certainly is, right? So it's all going to depend on the book. Um, and when we when we talk about this, we do try and mention the prices because we're not saying bet segment, no matter what. We're saying at certain prices, she's going to be valued. And I think that's uh, important to note. Last match to cover here, Teichman minus 130, Mladenovic plus 106. I bet Teichman earlier, and I think I got a, a worse number if I'm being perfectly honest, but I, I like this matchup for Teichman a lot. I know that Mladenovic is playing a little better and hitting the ball harder, but I think this is just a nightmare opponent for her. What do you see here, Spread? Yeah, um, I do like no, yeah, I, I, think that she's, I think she's playing better right now. I'm not getting involved in this match, though, because like you said, it's not a good matchup for her, but uh, at the same time, same token, I did not take Teichman either because I do believe that um, Kiki has a good chance to win this match. And if she uh, if she were to win, I would not be surprised at all. Uh, I thought she played pretty well. I mean, I watched her against um, Sakari. That, that was a good win, especially stylistically if you want to compare it to this match. And then I watched her against Pagula. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I didn't think Kiki played that bad in there. I, I came away from that match a lot more impressed with Pagula than I did necessarily downgrading um, Ladenovich, I just thought that Pagula was just just better, um, but I didn't think Kiki necessarily played that bad. So I'm staying away from this match, um, but I understand why you have the position you do. I, I think that the problem there is um, when you talk about that Pagula match. I think you're right. I think Kiki was actually playing half decent, but in the end, she just couldn't, you know, continue the uh, the kind of in the longer rally, she just couldn't hit enough balls without making an error to make it competitive. And that is exactly the parallel you would draw and how Teichman 
wins her matches, right? So that that kind of parallel, as Nukes mentioned, this is a nightmare matchup in that respect. I think you can see it all over again. Where Kiki doesn't play half bad but still loses 6-2, 6-2, right? That's a very, very distinct possibility here. And my other thing is Kiki beats Maria uh, Sakari and, and now all of a sudden she's good again and she's like competitive with good players again. Dude, she's beat like, who has she beat since the pandemic, uh, the restart from the pandemic? She's lost. And she got bageled in that match. Yeah, like she lost to Alex and Drova. She took a, a tight first set on clay and then was absolutely walloped. Um, she beat Sevastova. Good for you. Like everyone's doing that. <laughs> she beat Haley Baptiste, who's, you know, still far, far, far away from being a tour level player. She beat Magdalena Freck. Like, I mean, who have you beaten? Now, Habino? Congrats. Maria, <laughs> like, Sucre was the best win she's got. Like, I, I don't understand how she wins two matches this year and one was against a good player. And so now all of a sudden we're giving her this respect against someone who's going to absolutely grind her, um, grind her down. Sure. Maybe she wins. Maybe she keeps, you know, she's got the controlled aggression and, and she can hit through Teichman because she has that ability, but the, the value is easily with Teichman here. There's no doubting that. Beautiful gentlemen. I believe that's it. Any other thoughts here on Adelaide before we wrap? No, I'm just excited to see some tennis. I thought we were going to have a stronger field. A lot of people just bounced out of here, um, but we're still going to make the best of it. And I'm sure by the time the quarterfinals get here, we're going to have a lot of uh, really competitive, interesting matches. So definitely getting back to the swing of things with handicapping tennis. And I was telling Jorge before we started, now that we're back on like the normal schedule and not like the French Open happening after the U.S. Open, yeah. I feel like I'm getting a much better handle on tennis and I'm excited to even dive in more and start making more plays because I've definitely been conservative so far, but but starting to feel good and ready to attack this. Guys, we have so much tennis this week because we've started yeah. doing uh, ATP this season. We've got three ATP tournaments, a couple challenger tournaments, uh, this WTA in Adelaide. Like this is this is my favorite time now, and this is going to happen right through March, right? I believe the, yeah, until Miami, great. we have like six, seven tournaments a week. This is my these are my favorite weeks. I love them. Um, especially when we come off the second week of a slam where you don't have a lot of tennis in that second week and the markets are are a little more efficient than they typically are. So um, now that we're back to normal, that high volume um, lifestyle, that's this is kind of where I thrive. I mean, today was a huge day for me and I'm hoping we can keep it going all week. I mean, I Love think it, if baby. you want, you could bet tennis 24 hours this week, right? Up until about yep. Thursday or Friday. I mean, Singapore, I yeah, match yep. On. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's Singapore, Cordoba. And, Afternoon uh, Eastern time, one. Cordoba. Yep. Uh, you've yeah. got uh, European time zone from and before a.m. Eastern. So, oh, Monte, Monte, yeah, Montpellier. Yeah, so yeah, the men are on twenty four hours a day. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. The men are on twenty four yeah. hours a day. You got WTA Adelaide, and then all sorts of stuff sprinkled in between. Oh. Well, I haven't even looked at ITF. I assume there's going to be some sort of ITF women's event in the U.S. again. Um, there's a bunch of them floating around that were playing in Orlando last week. Hopefully, they can find a place for them to play this week. Yeah, and you know what? Um, speaking about ITF, and this is something I, I you know, I think we could we could talk about a little bit too, because this week there was a great tournament in Altenkirchen, um, Germany, and there were some like those German W twenty fives. Don't sleep on them. Um, you know, when we oh, yeah. a lot of tennis, second weeks of slams, there there are there were a lot of top two hundred players there, and so you know, always check in on the ITF stuff too, because there there's going to be some opportunity to uh, to catch some good stuff. I think this week um, it's Boca Raton has a W twenty five. Uh, Moscow has a W25. The W15s are going to be a little tougher to for a lot of people to to know who the the names are, but yeah, there's, you know, there's there's some W25s to check out at that level too. Just a ton of tennis this week. 
It's great. Yeah, looking at, um, I mean, the Orlando event last week, first round, you had Anna Samova play and Robin Montgomery. That was a fantastic yeah. match. Um, you get to see Anna Samova play again in that second match. Uh, Zara Zua played last week. Robin Anderson was floating around. A couple other names like Serana was in there. Always talk about her. I forget what the other ones were, but don't be afraid of those ITF events. But we'll be back to talk more tennis soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Please give us a thumbs up, a like, whatever the hell you got, however you're watching us. If you're listening to it on a podcast, we'd love a rating or review, and we'll be back soon. Good luck in all your wagers. <laughs>